Welcome to Thriving Through Menopause, where we talk about this time of life, mind, body, and spirit. I'm your host, Clarissa Christensen. Each week, I'm joined by top professionals dropping their tips and advice. Remember, episodes drop every Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a beat. And if you like this podcast, please rate and review it. Thank you, because this helps others to find the show. You can check out our website, find out which episodes are coming up, and get the latest blog and advice by going to my website, thrivethroughmenopause.com, and get ready to thrive, not just survive, through perimenopause and beyond. Welcome to this week's episode of Thriving Through Menopause with me, Clarissa. I love it when one guest is enthusiastic and wants to introduce another wonderful guest to the show. It kind of warms my heart because I think when we're in perimenopause and menopause, we really want community and community building up is so important. And one way is that we kind of build a community of those of us who want to serve you in this time of life too. So I'm absolutely delighted Clarissa. and honored to invite onto the podcast, Kathy Skipper. Welcome to Thriving Through Menopause. Hi, Clarissa, and thank you for having me. It's interesting that you talk about communities straight away. Because I was just reading a study um, about the outcome of menopause, and they studied women who had and women who hadn't got a community of other women around them. And actually, the outcomes of a, a powerful, positive menopausal journey were much higher with those women that had other women around them. Oh, I, th I think that's without doubt that we're learning that. But let me introduce you first to my listeners. I mean, you're an international teacher, a plant person. I mean, I love that. <laughs> Who doesn't love plants? And a healer. And you spent 30 years teaching and working with healing and, and plants. And I know that you've written a book about men, which we're going to talk about. But it's really also your work around this sort of journey through menopause and how we step into being this conscious elder that I'm looking forward to exploring much more with you in this conversation. Maybe where we might start. Absolutely. No, go ahead. Yeah. And I think that's wonderful. No, no, I just was, a, <laughs> no, no, that's, I was just agreeing. Yeah. This idea of the journey. Absolutely. Because I think menopause has many stages, doesn't it, Kathy? And that's one of the things you definitely talk and teach about. How do you see those stages of menopause in a woman's life? Well, I think what's important first is that I see the woman and her psyche, which includes the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body, the spiritual body, the shadow aspects of all those parts of herself and her connection to the whole um, as the alchemical vessel or the cauldron, use the word cauldron, but um, this way the women through the cycles and their body is always changing according to the moon, according to the water, um, according to her own cycles, according to the seasons, creates this vessel that really suits the alchemical stages. And the alchemical stages are seven stages 
that um, were elucidated at first by Carl Jung after a big, huge 30-year dive into alchemy. But what he realized was that the alchemical stages are the processes of the psyche. So they're the nearest model that I've found of how the psyche processes information continuously from the unconscious into the conscious um, sphere. Yeah, I think that's as I can, and I'd love to just sort of unpack that a little bit more as to how those stages yeah. actually look, Kathy, for for people for whom this might be quite a new way of thinking. Yes. So, alchemists, when they were trying to convert or transform lead into gold, they did many things to the material. So the and these are the stages, but what was realized by this 30-year study of their diaries, of their writings, of what was happening all over the world at the same time, even though people weren't connected, there was no internet, obviously, was that actually what was being transformed wasn't much the material in the laboratory, but was cycle that's happening in the psyche of the human being. And so the seven alchemical stages and they fit beautifully as a framework for women because as i said i believe women are the ultimate alchemical vessel so we are the alchemical vessel we are the alchemist and we are the transformation and so these stages so for example let me give you an example the first stage of any transformational journey is so take for example cooking to make an omelette and you don't put the fire under it you've just got runny eggs um the fire creates the breakdown of material into a form that's going to begin a cycle so with the omelettes it's going to begin this cycle of becoming an omelette depending on what you put in it salt pepper mushrooms whatever with the psyche the burning through is actually and this is what's very important for women in in menopause is that the hot flashes are first it doesn't matter some women don't have hot flesh but it's still happening of this heat and this heat what does it do it's not about oh god i've got a hot flush you know life is so bad i'm ill there's a disease no this hot flash actually burns through the egotic states that keep us stuck the survival strategies that we've put into place that make us feel we have to fit into this society, this patriarchal society that we've worked in, brought our children up in, and we have all created our own survival strategies for that. Menopause with the hot flashes, one thing that's very important to notice is that the energy of the hot flashes comes from the earth, yes. as does the energy that creates um, <clears throat> cramps when we have our period. Yes as does the energy that creates the um, contractions when we have a child. But the difference is the cramps when we have a period and the contractions when we have a child, the energy comes into us, transforms and goes back down yes. into the earth, either through our period or through the birthing of a child. Mm. What happens at menopause is that this energy rises. Anybody who's had a hot flash will know. <laughs> it starts in the earth, it comes through us and it goes upwards. And it connects <laughs> us through the crown chakra. Oh, the change that is happening, if women are able and supported and have a framework for this work, is that we are no longer 
phase where we are we are connected only to the earth and to care for others, even if we don't have children. That is what our hormones are, are doing. But we are connecting to the whole, yes. which is why I believe that this whole framework, I mean, there are seven stages, it's too much to go into yeah. here, but the whole journey is about connecting us to the whole so our wisdom that is being transformed through these, these cycles, in fact, it's our life experiences that get transformed into wisdom. That's what the crone yes. is. She's transformed what's happened to her into wisdom. And that wisdom needs to be voiced. So I believe that this work isn't just for each individual woman to make herself feel better, to go through the natural transformation that is, I believe, menopause, but it has an incredibly important role for humanity. Yeah, and that, that, is, that is the big thing I think we've lost. But what's so fascinating about what you said is quite often how a lot of what Jung is talking about is very central to China. I'm a Chinese medicine practitioner. You think, of, well, this is the five elements. Fire, everything there is connected. Yep. Fire is important. Of course, we always talk about heat rising and being yang, but it's also is the connection between the yin and the yang and that attempt to create a balance, in, not just in ourselves, but in the world too. So it's interesting that he's cycling a lot of this kind of, much deeper, older wisdom, you know, almost 2,000 years later. Yes, exactly, because nothing really changes in the psyche. The psyche is part of nature. We are a part of the whole, and I think one of the problems is our separation from that. But in terms of the yin and yang, what I realized as I deeply went into this work was one of the stages, particularly actually a couple of them, um, really are about the deep shadow. And the deepest part of our shadow isn't easy shadow work. Easy shadow work is, oh, you know, what is the opposite of this? If I'm feeling this, there's probably the opposite in my shadow. But the deepest aspect of the shadow is our contrasexual partner. It is our inner masculine for women. Yes. And this is hugely important in menopause because what most women in the Western world have unfortunately had done to them and done to themselves if they, is that they have internalized the tyrant that comes from generations of patriarchy. Yes. So a huge part of the work is to identify the voice and the face of the tyrant within. Because not only has the feminine deeply wounded by patriarchy, but the sacred masculine has been ostracized. Yes. In order to have this beautiful sacred inner union, which is wholeness, which is the, it, that it's the model of a healthy inner life, we need to identify the tyrant, disactivate him, put him back in his place, and so that then encourage and build an inner union with our sacred masculine. So all this happens through the alchemical stages. The beautiful thing about the alchemical stages is they provide the framework in which to do this. Yeah, I think that and that is a really important thing because I think so many women have, and you see it outwardly, have been almost consumed by patriarchy that you sometimes go, yes. wow, where's, the sis where's any sisterhood and femininity? What you get is essentially a, a parenting of male behavior. And I sometimes think women who have taken on board this sort of tyrant of a, of a of a male psyche they are worse towards other women particularly in aspects of 
of perimenopause than any man would be towards you. Absolutely. There's a, a concept in Jungian psychology, Marion Whitman, who is a, an amazing, she died at, about five years ago, but she was really the Jungian analyst who brought the feminine deeply into the work of, of Jung. She calls this animus possession. So the animus is the inner masculine, and it's when a woman is possessed. So any sense feminine, which is our hunches, our intuition, our intuitive knowing, our deep somatic knowing, any hint of that, the inner masculine comes and completely um, denigrates it and rejects it before it has a chance. And even not just women, not just women who are going to be den denigrate other women, but this happens also. Women fighting in the streets for women's lib, if they haven't dealt with their inner tyrant, they're fighting from a place of the masculine. Yes. The, 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 they're fighting with a, a vengeance. Whereas really, for me, the ecological work, the work of reclaiming the feminine, the deep, dark feminine, the dark goddess is inside us. Yes. Each one of us has a rejected feminine, deeply rejected aspect of the feminine. And the job of perimenopause is to dive into the underworld and through ancestral work as well, through our motherline work, is to uh, first of all identify where and how was my feminine completely denigrated and rejected. Where is the shadow of that, and how do I reclaim? That? Yes, and that and that is very. I think there's quite a lot of deep work in that because we're not, we're simply not consciously aware of of that process because we're we're socialized to behave in a certain way, and I think. I'm seeing, I don't know, Cathy, what you're seeing, but I'm seeing this current Gen X um, approach to perimenopause at times quite frightening. The level of anger and aggression that is is coming out speaks to me of, a of the wounded feminine and that the, the male side's so dominant. And I, and I wonder, you know, how is that going to continue to play out? Because surely there must be a time when that can't continue. Well, definitely. And I think that's why, you know, the work is deep, as you said. We can't do this superficially. And that's why I really believe that um, the passage between our, the end of our fertility and, you know, when we can say we are postmenopause is, an, a, I call it a shamanic initiation, because a part of us has to die. And to be reborn yes. as a, a wise elder or a crone. And we don't just become a wise elder or a crone. It's not just, oh, I think I'll become a wise elder. There is, you know, that doesn't happen. We ha it is a dangerous birth, birth. Like any birth, there are abortions, there are stillborn, there are births that don't make it. And it's a deep, deep journey. And the part that we need to reclaim, I think this is very, very important, the part that we need to reclaim, which is the deepest part of the feminine, has never and will never fit into a patriarchal system. And that is the, that is the problem, because we are going back to reclaim part of ourselves that has to create something new and has to lead in that creation. If we can't expect men to honor the feminine, if we haven't even gone back to reclaim this part of the rejected feminine. You know, this is our work. And then men 
to find that in themselves because it's in all of us. And one other thing is, you know, one image that really stuck in my mind that Marion Woodman talked about, because I come from Europe like you, I actually was born in England, but I, I spent 25 years in France, in rural France. And there are the ancient churches of rural France going into Spain. And there were, in these ancient churches, every church had a black Madonna, which was a dark goddess with her child. And over the time, um, these black Madonnas, well, some of the churches, I know they were black because they got sooty. They were black because they got burnt. They were black because they got dirty. They weren't. And, and they were mainly relegated to the crypt or got rid of. Or, but Marion Woodman said a very interesting thing. She said, the black Madonna, and I think we could say the dark goddess yes. in general, went into hiding to, excuse me, to prevent humanity from destroying. Yeah. If we destroy the darkest part of the feminine, we are done. And we are in the process of doing that yeah. because everything, the psyche that is feminine is mirrored in the macrocosm, which is the earth, the matter yes. of earth the rivers, the animals, the plants, the planet, the ecosystem. And we are on the verge. So now what my belief and what I see, I work with a lot of women, is that this aspect that had gone into hiding knows she has to come out. She does. And that's where nature's doing what it's doing. There's the sort of this having to show almost that feminine, that power that is there. And when we think about, yeah. and I think about yin, and people think yin energy is sort of something, but you know, if you think about the properties of yin, are black in Chinese medicine, they're black, they're blue black. It's it's cool and deep and quiet and dark. That feels like that has a lot of that description of what the dark feminine is like. I mean, we talk about taking in um, more foods in perimenopause that are are dark in nature. Um, spending yes. more time um, bringing a lot of this yang energy downwards. So a lot we don't want to rise it more. We want to bring it down and be deeper into the into the yin and nurture the yin because we are actually on a difficult time. We yin we potentially yin deficient, and it's that we need to feed back in in the perimenopause. So that's the same principle of reclaiming this dark feminine. Yes, I, I think, you know, the dark goddess is the mother of the crow. Oh, yeah. So the dark goddess is um, maiden, the mother and the crone in one, but we become conscious not just of the crone or just of our menopause, but we become conscious of our inner child. We become conscious of the mother energy that we had, be it or not whether we were mothers. And... That consciousness is what is so important. So I always say to my um, students, you know, we have a choice. Do you want to be that old lady in the corner with a twinkle in her eye? Everybody knows she has something and you want to sit next to her, even if it's in silence. She's done the work. She has reclaimed her inner child. She's often got a playful aspect to her. Or do you want to be the old lady who is bitter, who is always moaning? She hasn't done the work and so the dark goddess is our mother in that and she is the deepest yin in that is life these are natural cycles yes. that cycle that dark cycle of death is part of nature you know what feeds the forest 
is the de decomposition yes. of the trees and the animal yes. poop and the dead animals. And that humus is what creates yes. new life. If we don't allow a part of ourselves to die, and we're always perpetually trying to be young with bottles or whatever. Um, yeah, we, but you know, that's the pressure from society that we don't go through this process because the shadow old lady that society sees is our power. Yes. That is the shadow. And that is exactly what up until recently made menopause an unspeakable process. Because, and that is what killed many women as witches in the um, witch trials of Europe, is that the power of the older woman is, does not suit patriarchal society because we go back to the thing of that deep, Feminine will never fit into the society that has been created by patriarchy. No. And that's exactly why we have had these, de you know, centuries of shaming, shaming of menopause, no. the stigma around it, the thing never to be spoken. And even today, the conscious relegation of older women to invisibility. Uh, and this is what I think a lot of is coming up and being reclaimed, as, as you say. Are you suffering from hot flashes? End hot flashes and night sweats for good with Sleep Me's award-winning sleep systems. It's a mattress topper that goes on top your current mattress, so you don't need to buy a new mattress. It uses water's thermal powers to cool your bed to as low as 55 degrees, and that means no matter how hot you get, you can sleep at your ideal temperature. It's customized, climate-controlled sleep solutions that improve your entire well-being. They work on all bed types, even adjustable ones. Worried because your partner likes to sleep at a different temperature? No sweat. They offer configurations to allow for dual temperature control from 55 to 115 degrees. Even if you don't like the idea of getting in a cold bed, you can schedule temperature changes. Start the night cozy and your pre-programmed sleep system will automatically cool you down once you're asleep. If you're suffering from hot, uncomfortable sleep or know someone who is, you've got to check out Sleep Me at sleep.me meno thriving. That's sleep.me slash M-E-N-O-T-H-R-I-V-I-N-G. Plus, as a listener to this podcast, you can save 20% on a sleep system if you use promo code HOTFLASH. H-O-T-F-L-A-S-H. This really is a game changer and you need to check it out at sleep.me meno thriving. You said, to, Kathy, something really important about that we don't instantly become a crone, that there is this death and then this rebirthing. I'd love to explore a bit more of that. Yes, I mean, that's really part of any passage because a passage is a liminal phase. So a passage or transition is when one state is over and the new state is not yet actual. So that phase in between is the passage and it is the passage of letting go of the old stage. So that's the death. And one of the stages in the alchemical stages of the framework of the alchemy of menopause is called mortificatio. And that's exactly what it is. It was one of the stages that the alchemists put the material through. They decomposed it. In the alchemy of menopause, what we do is we work a lot with the dark goddess who holds space for us. What do I need to let go of? And often what we need to let go of are things that we valued deeply 
you know, it could be for some women it's their looks and their, uh, you know, their adherence to men. To some women, it's a relationship that has to go because they know they can't evolve with it or a job or a place they live or inner way of being. But that's the death. And it's extremely important. We can't have a rebirth without a death. And this is what society in general, if we look at agriculture, everything has to be clean. We can't have decomposition, decomposing material, which actually feeds the earth. You know, we are a dominant culture that is afraid of death. Yes. So we're afraid of death, even in the natural transitions. Yeah. And that, that is very true. I mean, if you think about how little contact we have with death, how even today seeds only have, they only have their growing cycle and they're manufactured like that. Whereas, you know, when you have a natural garden like I, I do, I mean, your plants die down, you let them die down. They become part of the earth. You compost and feed it back into the earth. And, and that's been like that until quite recently. Uh, and yes, we're the same. We do have to as women and we are doing as women. We're suddenly saying relationships don't serve me. This, this relationship has ended in, in its current form. Yes. Or as I did, um, my career had ended. I had come to a point where I couldn't reconcile my, my personal journey with the patriarchal society and I was bumping up against it. And I know that's what hundreds of thousands, if not millions of women also feel at this time. You know, there has to be an ending and then there's new beginnings. And I, I think once we step through that, we're amazing, aren't we? we do ama women do amazing things as conscious elders. Absolutely, because that's, that's their role. You know, it's, it's natural that we are, have a powerful voice once we've been through the transition because that is our role. And, you know, the only other mammal that has a menopause, there are two species of whales. And these whales live for many years like women after, men after being fertile. And their role is extremely important. They teach a lot of the male, younger male um, whales, but they teach the rest of the whales the best hunting grounds, the best migration grounds, the best places for the mothers and young to be safe. Um, they they are extremely important, and and I believe the role of the postmenopausal women is to lead, but not in the way to lead with, not to lead over. And you know, have, because who do I care about the most in in the world? My grandchildren. You know, of course, that's natural. I look after them a lot. I'm I'm I I am I. You know, they are the future, and and so my voice will bear that in mind. It won't be about power. It'll be about what, a, what, it, what, what is needed for the children. Mm -hmm. And that's really our role. So what, is, what has happened is we've been duped out of it, and, and that's a crime. Yes, that, it, that is. And I think we've created situations where there's not that social capital that we once had, where generations live together. And in, if you travel to the Middle East or to Africa or Asia, you see these intergenerational families. And, it, and, you know, in China, you know, when people move to cities, they leave their children in the countryside with their grandparents to be brought up. And, and we've lost that. And, and there's a detriment to our society to try and relegate old people into homes, lock them away and close, close them off. Whereas, you know, I'm eternally grateful to my own grandmother. I was, had so much to do with her. But 
lots of other people don't have that. They have that separation. And then we've lost intergenerational wisdom. Absolutely. One of the stages in the Akamoku stages is really about um, clearing the energy of the mother line, because actually the the soul, the deep feminine energy comes through the mother line, from the earth, through the mother line, through the mitochondrial DNA, which is only passed on maternally. So a big part of the work is clearing this so that the wisdom of the grandmothers comes through somatically. You know, it's not a yes. thought. Women, the feminine doesn't think, she feels. Mm. And so the, the, the wisdom needs to come through and support us. It's vital life force, it's soul. So a big part of the work is clearing the mother line. Yeah. Of trauma. Of, oh, yes, of the trauma, which is, we've, car we've yeah. carried, I think, as women, we're only now really, I, I think, are they beginning to realize the amount of trauma we've actually experienced and, and learning to speak about that? Absolutely. Um, I'm writing a book at the moment called Decolonizing the Motherline, because what, I, what I've realized is we are carrying trauma but every mother line has been colonized. So the energy has been taken, the energy I'm talking about has been taken and used for patriarchy. Yeah. And that's even, you know, that's where the individual trauma becomes collective. Yes. And, and, and we are seeing that more and more, the, the adverse childhood experiences, the number of women who now realize that they've been sexually violated and we're not talking about being raped we're talking about being violated placed in spaces where no doesn't mean no and there's probably not a woman yeah. you speak to that hasn't at some stage in her life been placed there the way we're spoken over in meeting places at workplaces i mean it just goes on and on and this is it's so wonderful that we're beginning now to look at how we actually clear this mother line and Absolutely. Find a, new, find a new voice, I feel. Yeah. It's a, in a way, it's a new voice, but in, a, in another way, it's this ancient voice because the mother line is the energy of the earth. It is, it is the mother line. You know, there's a she in you that's in your mother, that's in your grandmother, that's in your great-grandmother, that's in your great-great-grandmother and goes back thousands of years through the mitochondrial DNA. If you put a tuning fork to it, that reson yeah. resonance goes throughout the mother line, whereas your, your DNA that is mixed up with the father and mother, yes, we can see that your brother or your sister are siblings, but you don't, it, doesn't, it doesn't have the same resonance because it's arbitrarily mixed up, whereas the maternal mitochondrial DNA is exactly the same. So that's why many ancient societies were matrilineal. Yes. Or even if they weren't matrilineal, they were matrifocal, or the inheritance they knew passed down the mother line. Yes. And why brothers of women often had a more important role with the women's children than their fathers, because your brother is part of your mother clan. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and then you put it there, you put it in perspective. I mean, you're so right. So, and then patriarchy crushed all that, just crushed it all, you know, out of fear, I think, from the sheer power that is there. Well, colonized it, colonized mm. it. They took the they took the power. They took the energy. It's a beautiful earth-based energy, and they took it. And they used it to create um, a system of power. I think one thing that's important is that patriarchy isn't the masculine. No. What has happened is the masculine has unfortunately amalgamated or identified with the patriarchal system. Yes. 
And that means the masculine in men, they've externalized it. But we go back to the beginning of this conversation, the inner tyrant. Yeah. Women have internalized it in their inner masculine. Yeah. Yes. So we're all carrying it. We're, you know, It's not that men are bad and women no, are good. No. We have internalized that patriarchal system. Uh, to- totally. And I think, you know, when you were talking there, I was just thinking of something I was reading about Hawaii and how free women were. And apparently they surfed naked in, you know, and when, when Western people came, they went, oh no, you can't, can't yeah. do that. That's wrong. You know, that, that, and, and, and attempted to sort of put to totally not even decolonize, you know, decolonize, destroy that whole free, powerful, um, matriarchal society that, that existed yeah. right up until, well, the Americans really arrived. They were sort of, very much about doing that so yeah, that just brought that message that just brought me vividly that because i was reading about that the other day and thinking well that's so sad so so tragic yes. yeah yeah well there's a puritanical sort of religious aspect to part of the way the world has been colonized as well it's not just political no, no definitely not so i mean we talk about becoming conscious elders. What kind of processes can people uh, do in order to go on this journey to become a more conscious elder? Well, that's where the alchemy of menopause is so beautiful because it's a framework. So when I work with women, we start by, um, we, you know, it's like any journey. You don't just go on a journey, you prepare. Yeah. So we prepare for the journey. And the way that I look at the journey is through the whole psyche. So it's a holistic approach. Which So we start to tune in and realize that we are more than just a body. We're more than just a mind. We are, as I said at the beginning, we are a physical body, a mental body, a spiritual body. We are connected to the collective unconscious. We're, we have an emotional body. So we work with this. And then we take this holistic awareness of who we are through the alchemical stages and each stage i use journeying i use aroma i use plant medicine i use Jungian concepts i use shadow work and we work on many of the themes we've talked about today and more and we share and we hold space for each other and actually what happens is this beautiful individual journey that resonates with all the women in the group because everybody everybody's journey it's with everybody else's and what i love seeing at the end of the work together is how transformed and empowered women become you know who arrive often lost having a really hard time not being able to find their way um things are breaking down in their marriage or in their perception of themselves and they they together we work through this framework and they um, find themselves. Yeah. That's basically it. They find a sense of belonging. A lot of it is by letting go. A lot of it is by allowing what's in the con- unconscious to come through. You know, the unconscious isn't just everything that we are, don't like about ourselves. In women, the biggest part of the unconscious is our, empower- our empowerment or our power that has been, we've learned um think it's a, a dangerous thing to bring forward and if we go back once again to the beginning of this conversation yeah. the main thing that we're going to go and reclaim is the deep feminine yeah. we cannot be a crone without her. no no we cannot no and i think that 
we've sort of sort of said, oh, we become a crone. But I think, Kathy, that's it, it's a journey. It, it really is this unfolding and yeah. rebirthing and claiming her. The crone is powerful. How do you, as we more of us get into the sort of work that you're leading, how does the crone emerge and what role will the crone have to in hopefully saving this broken planet that we have? Well, I think for me, I can only really, you know, I hold space for a lot of women and I do the journey regularly with them. So I've been through these cycles many times because I've taught this many times. But I think the biggest key to my transformation of the rejected feminine was my ancestral work on my motherland. I come from a mixed race um, lineage in India. My mum actually moved to England as a woman, a young woman. Um, and so, and she was very ashamed of it. So I reclaimed, I actually did 10 years of research to reclaim my roots um, on my mother's side. And then what I realized, and when I, I confronted my shadow, it was a lucid dream, finally. I'd been confronting it bit by bit. And this lucid dream, I was absolutely terrified. I came across, it was a mother and a, uh, a mother with two young children, but she was like a rat in a dream. She was the most denigrated, poorest, stenchy woman. And I was terrified of her. It was a lucid dream. And I, the, one of her children came up to me in the dream and I screamed for him to just get away from me. And then I realized, I looked at the woman and I realized she was exactly the energetic uh, double of myself. I realized she was my shadow. So she was this dark um, woman in my lineage who had been denigrated, taken off the family tree. And then my, my great grandmother married into a, 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 a mixed race community. So um, then when my mum passed as white, when she came to England, she rejected it. So I had to reclaim that. So once I reclaimed that, I could give her compassion and love. And I realized my whole life I'd had trouble with drug addiction when I was younger, homelessness, bringing up my kids in precarious situations, domestic violence. I knew where it came from. Um, you know, I've been repeating these emotional um, contexts. So by re I think each woman needs to confront her shadow, reclaim this part of herself that's been rejected. And then what happened to me, and I, I've seen it happen with many women, my voice changed. I no longer was dissociated. I found my ground. Um, I was able to be the mother to my older sons and to my grandchildren that I knew was in me. But I had to go through this scary process. And the thing with the unconscious is it isn't linear. It's feminine. The unconscious is feminine. It's dark and deep and unknown. And it is circular. <laughs> and it has its own timing. It has its own way. It has its own language. We have to learn the language of the unconscious, which I teach women through aroma, through automatic writing, through journeying etc etc so but now what i feel is to shout anymore i don't have to be angry what i have to be is true to myself yeah. that that is oh wow that just was so powerful when you said that kathina and that meeting that shadow like that and the journey it incredibly powerful and for each of us that's a different personal story and experience so you know how we do that and how we experience that is going to be so 
so individual because our lineage is is different for each and every one of us. So amazing. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Well, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Each person's journey is, is you know, my story is my story, your story is your story. There will be resonances. We can understand, we can feel into each other's story. We can hold space for each other's story. And I always say to the women in my group, it's as if we were bees in a beehive. Each one of us has our own resonance, our own story. And if we can claim our own story, each one of us, then we can work together as a hive. Yeah, and that, and that is what I feel many of us hope is the hope for this that this that there will be now this hive of crones, older women. Because I don't know about you, but I think our world is calling for this right now. So so oh, like like never before. You know, we are we are at a a tipping point. You can feel that so much of what has where patriarchy has brought us is just, well, it's just devastation. We're, we can see it. We see it yes. in the natural world all around us. And, and, and it's, we're seeing it in the fear in, in our children, you know, of the, what they fear for the future. And, and then at times lack of hope for the future as well. So I feel that if we could, as women, form these communities, it's exactly what we're meant to be doing. That's probably why these conversations around menopause unconsciously are rising up. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with you totally. I also think that um, the, other, the other partner to this work is that um, the inner framework of aliveness for me is this inner union. So naturally the sacred masculine cherishes the feminine and he beholds her so that part of us that is spirit that is awareness is very masculine and beholds matter yeah. beholds the the, the 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 feminine aspect so we need to do that within ourselves, which is where we need to um disactivate the tyrant and encourage this relationship between the the sacred masculine so that then as a society, we can once again behold the feminine, behold the rivers, behold the plants, behold the trees, behold every living being and see its aliveness. We recognize ourselves when we are beheld. Yes. Yes. Wow. We have some journey to go on here, <laughs> Kathy, but it's, it, it mm. really have. I'm, I mean, this is a conversation that is huge. I mean, there's so much you could dig, dig into. Yes. But for my listeners, um, Maybe leave them with one one thing they could, you know, big thing that they might be able to take away and start thinking about in their own lives. What what might that be? Well, I think what I would say is first thing I say to all women joining this part of the journey or sort of starting this part of the journey is first thing, and it's a very simple thing. There is no way we can do this work if we don't give ourselves quality alone time. So the first thing that any woman who wants to really embark on this journey in a conscious way and make it the best stage of self-development, well, natural developmental yeah. process, is that she needs to commit on her schedule to the minimum per day of quality yes. not at the end of the day when she's tired alone yeah. time and 
it and she needs to guard that like a wolf guarding mm-hmm. her young that has to be precious and she, and in that alone time she, her unconscious will lead her into what she yeah. needs to do it might be just have a bath with a candle it could be going to nature barefooted it could be sit down and read my book it could be right in my journal it doesn't matter the unconscious is very wise and as long as you give yourself this time it will gradually lead you on the journey you're meant to go yes that is the best wisdom because I see that we can give ourselves and it is 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 that allowing that time and I think that that is also one of the hardest things Kathy for modern day women to do so it isn't like oh it's five minutes here it really is carving out that precious space that is that is deep that's a deep wise message and I hope my listeners you hear that and think how do I, in many ways, consciously allow the unconscious to lead you where you need exactly. to be? Kathy, <laughs> yeah. yeah. how can people connect with you and and learn more about the work that you do and maybe follow a path with you here? Well, thank you for asking. So um, I have a website called aromagnosis.com. So that's A-R-O-M-A-G-N. O-S-I-S. And um, I'm actually going to be offering at the end of May. So you could join the newsletter. We have a a newsletter. And there's actually a shadow work um, freebie offered by my husband that sort of gets you into the shadow work. But he's a holistic psychiatrist, my husband. Um, But anyway, uh, what I'm offering at the end of beginning, 1st of June, I think it is, is a free masterclass um, with a journey into connecting with the dark goddess. So that's a starting point. I am also then um, a month after that going to be starting a new series, the nine-month alchemical menopause journey, which is all on my website. Um, I'm on Instagram as Aromanosis and as Kathy Skipper. I'm on Facebook as Kathy Skipper. Um, and also actually on Instagram and on um Facebook, there's an Alchemy of Menopause page for each, where I only talk about menopause. That is beautiful. Kathy, we're going to put all that in the show notes so that people will know and have all that information if they wish to join uh, any of of that, or maybe all of it. (laughs) So I just want to thank Thank you you. for coming on and sharing a much deeper conversation around menopause than we we sometimes have, but a very, very important component for us to see this life transition as so much more than a mass of symptoms to be fixed and as a real transitional stage, a stage to do deep work into the next phase of our, our lives and what that means for not just ourselves, but the planet. Yes, thank you. It is deep, but I would say just to end, when I lead women in there, it's straight away. It only sounds deep because we're so far away from it in our sort of dominant culture. But the minute women go there, because it's them, it's who we are. Indeed. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to Thriving Through Menopause. If you like this podcast episode, please hop over to my website, thrivethroughmenopause.com and rate and review it. And thank you if you do that because it helps others to find the show. 
Want more news and views on perimenopause and menopause? Then sign up to my weekly newsletter, Heart of Menopause, over on Substack. Thank you once again for listening and see you next week for another guest interview helping you to thrive through menopause.